HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Our show today is sponsored by Wisconsin Cheese Originals and produced by Jack Inslee. Uh, I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and we're broadcasting today from the backyard of Roberta's Pizza, 261 Moore Street in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn. And uh, before the show gets started, I wanted to take a minute to remind our listeners of Roberta's upcoming fundraiser this Tuesday, October 13th. Uh, Not only is Roberta's kicking out some of the best food in the borough, they're growing quite a bit of it themselves. Right above my head, and I'm sitting in a shipping container come uh, radio station, uh, are growing tomatoes, peppers, beans, and a myriad of other veggies. Um, They're all kind of wriggling their way skyward, eventually to end up on the menu and on plates of uh, diners at Roberta's. Uh, So Roberta's is holding this fundraiser next Tuesday, October 13th at 7 p.m. to raise money to start another urban farm. Their goal is to have one acre above ground by next year, which would just be absolutely incredible. So I would encourage everybody to come on out for that. 
Um, it's uh, again this Tuesday the thirteenth at seven o'clock. It'll be a great meal, great music, and uh, and good mingling. Um, tickets are available. You can uh, call Roberta's um, and uh, get more information from them. So uh, today we are going to uh, be talking with a good friend Matteo Keeler, who is uh, owner and cheesemaker up at Jasper Hill Farm in Greensboro, Vermont. Jasper Hill Farm makes an array of incredible cheeses from their small herd of Ayrshire cows and also ages cheeses from small farms all across Vermont and now a little bit of New Hampshire as well in a new venture called The Cellars at Jasper Hill. So we're going to get Matteo on the line here in just a moment uh, and we're going to take a short uh, break and when we come back we will be talking with uh, Matteo Keeler. to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and our show today is sponsored by Wisconsin Cheese Originals. The first annual Wisconsin Original Cheese Festival is going to take place this November 6th and 7th, 2009 in Madison, Wisconsin, and is going to celebrate the state's growing number of dairy artisans and award-winning collection of American original cheeses. Uh, If you head to the Cheese Fest, you can meet 40 cheesemakers and taste more than 100 cheeses. Check out www.wicheesefest.com to learn more about the festival. Um, so Wisconsin cheese is good. We all know it's America's dairy land, but today we're here to talk Vermont cheese with uh, Matteo Keeler, owner and cheesemaker at Jasper Hill Farm. Are you with us, Matteo? I sure am. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time out of your uh, your busy Wednesday to or Sunday, as it were, <clears throat> to uh, to to come on the show. 
Absolutely. Um, so I kind of wanted to skip the usual, you know, just how how you got started question and uh, and talk with you a little bit more about sort of your vision for, for Jasper Hill Farm and the sellers at Jasper Hill. About why we got started, maybe? About why we got started, exactly. For, forget about the how we got started. The why we got started is, is a lot more interesting, I think. Exactly. Um, we're really uh, looking at Jasper Hill as an economic vehicle for the renewal of our uh, local dairy economy and to basically demonstrate what's possible um, through collaboration and through uh, the leveraging of strategic investments to redefine um, a niche of our our dairy industry here. So uh, Jasper Hill is really an economic and an agricultural experiment. Um, you know, my background is in... Um, microfinance. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with microfinance institutions in India, Nepal, and Bangladesh. Was and that the uh, was that part of the uh, the Grameen Bank or one of those uh, that we've heard about, or what? What was the company or the institution? Well, I was, I was working for the Center for Microfinance in Kathmandu, okay. and um, they're uh, an NGO. Um, that was in the process of going from uh, the not-for-profit to for-profit um, as a service provider to microfinance institutions in um, in South Asia, and uh, I they're funded by the uh, Canadian International Development Agency, mm-hmm. and I, it was a very transformative experience for me. Um, you know, it showed me. Uh, the power of um, you know, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and what it can do to kind of uh, really um, elevate uh, communities and empower uh, people. And uh, in that particular case, we're as working mostly with uh, neoliterate women. And uh, you know, when I uh, stepped back and thought about what I wanted to do with my life, uh, where I wanted to live, and uh, my connections to place um, Vermont. Um, you know, we my family has a deep emotional connection uh, to to this place, now, Greensboro. What, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to ask where where you're located. Uh, we're yeah we're in Greensboro, Vermont. It's in the Northeast Kingdom, which is um, the most uh, rural and probably authentic uh, part of the state. Um, I like to say it's Vermont's last stand up here. And um, Vermont is America's last stand, and the Northeast Kingdom is Vermont's last stand. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, we um, um, you know do things a, a little differently. Uh, we're a little more neighborly. Uh, you know, a lot of um, America's corporatisms haven't uh, intruded, and you know, we still have. Uh, a lot of folks that have never been to uh, Burlington, uh, never mind, you know, uh, Boston or New York, Montreal. Um, so wow, yeah, I was going to say Walmart has no no chance up against Willie's General Store. They <laughs> they could not compete. <laughs> exactly, you know, if Willie's uh, if Willie's doesn't have it, uh, you just don't need it. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, getting getting back to is uh, um, when we. 
um, looked at uh, you know where where is it that we're going to you know sink some roots? I spent 15 years of my life uh, after high school traveling, really working and traveling, and um, I I got married. We're getting to that. You know, what are we going to do with this next phase of our life? And um, you know, we moved decided to move back to Greensboro where my brother Andy um, had um, a business. Um, uh, what kind of business was he was he running then? He's a general contractor so he was uh, remodeling and, and building in the community and uh, we made an impulsive buy. Um, we got you know basically priced out of the Lake District, uh, Caspian Lake, okay. um, where my family's been summering for a hundred years. Uh, during the dot-com bubble and and ended up uh, deciding to buy a piece of land uh, that was slated for subdivision up on top of the hill out of town. And um, at that point, we had no idea what we were going to do with it. And after really assessing, you know, um, our local economic uh, fabric and... um, we, we decided that value-added dairy was um, uh, was the way to go. Um, you because yeah, you said uh, that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the the dairy history of Greensboro? I know you said that there's uh, quite a strong agricultural tie to dairy. Absolutely. Um, you know, the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont is uh, a patchwork of fields and forests and. Uh, you know, the original diversified farm, um, you know, farms are basically, basically consist of, uh, you know, some hayland, uh, pasture, uh, softwood lot, and a sugar bush generally. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we bought 264 acres, and, uh, which included, includes all of the above. Um, and this is you, you and, uh, and your brother Andy? Me, yep, me and my brother Andy. Okay. And, um, we basically uh, took out a couple of mortgages on that land <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to uh, finance our startup. Um, we built a cheese house yeah. um, right onto the end of an existing dairy barn and uh, set about demonstrating that it is possible to make a living on a rocky hillside farm in northern Vermont. Um, so I think that's interesting. You kind of, to me, you kind of have woven a lot of things together. You know, you said, you've said to me before that you see cheese as sort of a vehicle for social and agricultural change. And uh, now you've also sort of posited cheese as a vehicle for, you know, culinary and, and gustatory change as well, which, you know, reaches well beyond uh, the, you know, your small community up there in, in Greensboro. Yeah, it's been amazing to uh, really uh, kind of. I think our timing was really good, mm-hmm. um, but you know we caught that uh, that wave just about right. Just as the uh, you know American artisan cheese and cheese generally became like you know the next kind of big thing, we were we were there and uh, we worked really hard. Initially, it was just my brother Andy and I. We were. Uh, milking cows and making cheese seven days a week, 365 days a year. I don't think we had a day off for the first 18 months after we started. Wow, wow. I remember talking to Andy that f- the first time I came up to visit you guys, which was now probably five or six years ago, and 
he was saying that, you know, seven months into it, he was kind of thinking, woke up one morning at whatever four to milk the cows. And he was like, what the hell do we get ourselves into? No, and that was just the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I guess. um, So when you started, it was the two of you and also your wives helping with the the, uh, cheese making. Isn't that right? Uh, Well, it was just Andy and I uh, initially. It took about um, uh, over a year for us to uh, persuade our wives they should give up their day jobs and come come help us out. And that really was a turning point for uh, Jasper Hill Farm. you know, it it basically um, demonstrate demonstrated to us um, how much of a challenge. You know, there there it's like multifaceted challenges to uh, starting up a farmstead cheese business. And if you don't have uh, family labor uh, resources, um, you know, you've got to be so good at so many different things to succeed. It's really is a wonder that. Uh, American uh, cheesemakers have gotten uh, where they where they are because the challenges are are just huge and um, you know we uh, when we started making cheese um, at, at about that time um, we were approached by Cabot Creamery mm-hmm. um, about you know basically they wanted us to make a um, a private label English style cloth bound cheddar for them with our milk. Okay, uh, and so wait, and so Cabot, just to back up for like two seconds, they're a very well respected dairy co op in Vermont. Is uh, is that right? Farms uh, yeah, Farms absolutely. love Cabot. They're you know they they are um, uh, the backbone of the dairy industry in Vermont. Um, you know they they basically are a, a co op owned uh, by 1,600 dairy farmers, wow. um, and uh, they market, you know, a, about 2% of the nation's milk supply. Um, wow. So they're, they're, they're a big player. They make uh, millions of pounds of cheddar and, you know, sour cream, cottage cheese, really high-quality uh, dairy, dairy products. They really are um, good at what they do, and, you know, uh, we have... A, a three-pound block of Cabot in the fridge most of the time, um, th- because the cheese is is good. But so, as opposed to say some of the other, I don't know, big dairy co-ops that we see, you know, lining the grocery store shelves, Ch- or Cabot is is really, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk because uh, they're owned by the farms and supporting all basically an entire state. Absolutely, yeah. um, they're you know they're uh, a fixture on on the landscape here, and you know they're. Uh, we're we're two towns over. Uh, mm-hmm. Just we're just two towns north of Cabot, so uh, they're in the neighborhood as well. Um, the, the town of Cabot, where Cabot Creamery is, they they also have a plant in Middlebury. But um, we we you know we hadn't sold a, an ounce of cheese at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we started making cheese in May of 2003, and this we got this call in July of 2003, and um, invited the um, the plant manager and um, the new products um, manager over to to check out our facility, and it became pretty clear pretty quickly that that might not have made uh, that might not have been such a good idea. But instead of just dismissing them, we talked to them about what kind of arrangement we might be able to come to to help them develop a product. Um, mm-hmm. 
and we laid out uh, a framework um, that would allow us to get behind a cheese produced uh, at their facility. And uh, basically, you know, what, what we were interested in and what we're committed to is um, creating products and tying them to a place on, yeah. the, la- on the landscape. And so we um, asked them to identify a single farm to produce um, milk, uh, for this product, uh-huh. and then of course no BSC, no no hormones or any any uh, such thing. Any of that and, nasty stuff. Uh, any of that nasty stuff. Uh, milk needed to meet uh, a certain microbiological uh, uh, qualities, mm-hmm. and uh, then the uh, the last thing was no Jersey cows. So. You hate Jersey cows. No, no, I love Jersey cows. <laughs> for cheese making. cream and butter. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, if you're making a soft cheeses, or, you know, their milk is perfectly appropriate for that sort of thing. But uh, generally, uh, when you're looking at cheese making milk, uh, fat can be a real problem. And so we wanted to uh, limit um, the uh, possibility of bitterness uh-huh. um, in the cheese. And... You can get a lot of rancidity, off flavors, uh, light pacey flavors, and you know, uh, bitterness. Light pacey. I'm sure a, a word that all of our listeners are like, you know, tossing think, around I all think the that's, time. That's code for uh, um, for for uh, bile and vomit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such. A, it's I think such the a polite the polite word would be bilious. Would be, oh bilious. See now that sounds kind of nice. My brother's name is Billy. I can get down with that. <laughs> <laughs> but so actually, well, we're coming up. I think we need to take a really quick break. But when we come back, we're you're sort of setting up, you're planting the seed, as it were, for the conversation about the sellers, which, of course, is your most recent project and the most sort of exciting thing to happen with American cheese, um, you know, ever. So um, is that a we'll, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll we'll launch back into the sellers at Jasper Hill and how you went from an idea with Cabot to an amazing facility and uh, and a cheese robot. back on Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, my name is Ann Saxelby. I am joined today by Matteo Keeler of Jasper Hill Farm, and our show has been sponsored by Wisconsin Cheese Originals. 
Um, so, Mateo, we were talking about this cloth-bound cheddar and how there's no way that you had enough space at your farm to make that cheese. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we went through the R&D uh, process, and um, uh, the, the product was just fantastic. And, um, you know, we, had, uh, we, we recognized that we had an opportunity to leverage this one cheese to address a lot of the issues uh, that we had experienced um, for other startups. And Like what? What are some of those issues that, that plagued you guys in the beginning? Well, when we, you know, when we stepped back and deconstructed our experience as a startup, we uh, saw that about 60% of our total labor was actually spent um, aging, taking care of the cheese while it was aging, um, and, you know, packing and shipping. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, that, that, you know, that, that portion of the process was more than um, making the milk and turning that milk into cheese combined in terms of hours of wow. labor. Wow. And um, then there's, you know, the marketing and sales piece, which is a real uh, challenge and, and poses, you know, uh, uh, it's a real barrier for a lot of uh, folks who might otherwise be able to uh, produce delicious cheese. Um, the third was actually getting product to market. We, when we started our business, uh, we were a FedEx-based business. Yep, that's how most of the cheeses that I sell arrive to my store, which bothers me daily. <laughs> um, you know, and FedEx uh, adds um, a lot of cost to the product, and generally, you know, cheeses uh, show up temperature abused, and um, the quality is impacted. Oh, yeah, um, and not to mention all the extra packing materials involved with sending cheese FedEx. It's it, kind of a nightmare. Exactly, and and then it, if you think about a state like Vermont, it's got about forty-five cheesemakers, and uh, most of most cheesemakers are FedExing their product on Sundays. They spend the day, you know, wrapping cheese and filling boxes for FedEx. You know, there's certain things that uh, it seemed to us would make sense to centralize, and that was one of them for sure. And the Cabot Clothbound gave us the weight. Uh, that we needed to build a distribution system and to be able to ship pallets of cheese on a refrigerated truck. And so basically that that cheddar uh, formed a base weight in our Bailey Hazen Blue and Constant Bliss, and then uh, cheeses from Twig Farm and Willow Hill, Bonneview Farm, and um, other cheesemakers from around the state started, you know, getting being consolidated on on top of that Cabot cloth-bound cheddar and moving out into the marketplace. And eventually, you know, we're seeing um, constant bliss showing up in better condition at a much better price point on counters that were uh, previously way out of our reach. Sure. Uh, so Cabot was kind of the uh, the base of the pyramid, as it were, for all these small cheesemakers who don't make cheese in great quantity but make cheese of great quality that should be sent out exactly and um you know on uh, on the other side of the equation we're providing a service to our customers um who could get a hold of cheeses um with one phone call uh where uh, otherwise they might 
uh, it might take 20 phone calls and 20 invoices and 20 shipping problems to deal with. And so, sure. you know, it o- opens up a market to, to our customer base um, and, to, and to the cheesemakers as well. So the sellers themselves, um, what, what is the structure of the sellers like and how did the, uh, what was the construction like and uh, uh, just just try to describe for us what the sellers look like, because to somebody who's never been, you know, it's kind of an abstract idea, like Cheese Cave and the Northeast Kingdom. Yeah, it's uh, it, until you have been, it's it is really uh, uh, hard to conceive of uh, scale. Um, I walk in uh, in the morning sometime, and I go, "Wow!" because um, the the scale of uh, the building itself is is. Um, is is pretty intense. We've got basically um, 22,000 square feet underground, a great big elliptical uh, retaining wall that holds back um, the hillside and seven vaulted tunnels that run back into the hill. hill. We're about 27 feet underground. Wow. And uh, we have five, um, you know, uh, climate-controlled caves. And uh, basically, when I mean climate controlled, I'm talking about uh, uh, cellar temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you Which know, stay constant so, also because you're under all that earth. Exactly, because outside the weather, the weather is generally raging. You know, we have uh, uh, we you know, the temperatures here dip down to uh, 40 below at the dead of winter, and you know you might hit 90 degrees for a day or two in in the height of the summer, and so that's 130 degrees. Um, but we're able to really control uh, those temperature fluctuations by, um, you know, maintaining um, that, like, that deep, deep underground, um, uh, by, yeah, by just by being underground, it's, it's, and it's working. It's, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So now you're saying, so by starting the sellers, you wanted to consolidate labor you wanted to consolidate sort of different pieces of the distribution marketing puzzle as it was for different farms um how many partner farms do you guys work with uh currently that bring that you know send their cheeses up to the sellers to be aged uh right now we are working with 10 uh different cheese makers um and we have space for about 40 uh producers um scale you know jasper hill farm size so um, you know, that's about two million pounds of cheese. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and you, make, you can make a lot of cheese on a, on a farm our size. We only milk, uh, you know, about 40 cows, but we produce just under 80,000 pounds of cheese a year. That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. That is a lot of cheese. So um, can you describe to us a little bit when the cheese arrives at the cellars, um, what happens to it? What kind of services do you guys provide? How do you, you know, love and coddle the cheese and, you know, make it better? Well, the first thing that we do is we actually, um, we pay cheesemakers for uh, their cheese um, on delivery. So, um, you know, where, where a cheesemaker might have to wait, um, you know, two, five, ten months. Uh, to get their cash out of their product, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to basically uh, pay them uh, a portion of the final value of the product on delivery. So we're actually cash flowing um, their businesses. And one way to think about the sellers at, at Jasper Hill is as a bank. 
um, which is how it was conceived initially, is like an ag finance uh, mechanism. Mm-hmm. And because cheese is the original store of value. It is like capital. It increases in value over time. And um, what, what we're doing is basically, um, you know, bringing that green cheese in, um, providing um, whatever kind of uh, uh, labor is necessary to proper and environment to properly ripen that cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, we do all the marketing uh, and sales and the, and the branding uh, for those producers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, then we get that product to market. Um, so... And in addition to, and while you're doing all that other stuff, which, you know, is enough to be like, you know, probably 20 full-time jobs for one person, um, you're also helping to, you're facilitating better cheese making. You're helping people with their recipes, you're troubleshooting, you're communicating with them about how the cheese is developing, what batches were good, what, you know, needs improvement. Um, Yes, exactly. We're basically trying to elevate... um, the the technical capacity of the industry as a whole um, by you know training uh, folks on um, how to use uh, pH meters and measure acidity um, and uh, really control their process um, start to finish um, you know I always uh, say there's two types of cheesemakers out there mm-hmm. uh, there's the bowlers you know, where you add your starter co- culture and then you just basically stand back and see what happens. Uh-huh. Um, and then you've got the curlers. And um, the curlers <laughs> are cheesemakers who are intervening in the process at, at every step and are in control of, of, um, of their process. And, um, you know, we're also looking at helping uh, cheesemakers source equipment that, uh, will allow them to be more efficient, more profitable, and deliver uh, products to the sellers uh, that are um, higher quality and a better value for our customers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any any you know bowling metaphor used at any point is fine by me, but I think that one's particularly appropriate because you know. The acidity curve is, uh, is you know, sort of the most important part of cheese making, and that little bowling curve, too, makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us just a little bit? I know that you had um, a, a gentleman who you like to call the cheese ninja come and uh, sort of illustrate in, in real time uh, what that acidity curve means for people and how that kind of collectively changed people's uh, conceptions about how to make good cheese? Um, sure. I um, um, had the good fortune of meeting um, uh, Yvonne uh, Larcher the last time I was in Europe. Um, he's been working with Niels Yard Dairy quite a bit, which is my old stomping grounds. Uh, Niels Yard Dairy is a, a, a retailer, and they do... Uh, they work with cheesemakers in the UK and Ireland in a similar way that we are working with cheesemakers in Vermont. And um, Yvonne is uh, 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 incredibly practical, super experienced uh, dairy consultant that has been able to really uh, synthesize and communicate uh, like 
complex technical um, ideas mm-hmm. um, and chemistry yeah. uh, for, for cheesemakers and really help them drill down into their process. Because um, you can, you know, cheese, cheese making is interesting because it, it's not like following a recipe. You can't just do the same thing every day and end up with the same result. Um, Absolutely. There, there's a lot of um, a lot of this is you know invisible to the eye, and milk changes every day. So, um, as uh, a cheesemaker, uh, you need to be able to an- recognize and anticipate changes in milk uh, quality and. And I'm sure that changes with the the weather, with each cow and their lactation cycle, with uh, what Feed. they're eating, and yeah. the um, weather. Yeah. Yeah, um, and um, so how do you end up with the same uh, consistently great cheese day after day after day? You you have to really understand your process, and so uh, we're we we deployed the Ninja to help our producers and ourselves, and uh, to great effect, I might add. It's been it's been really uh, exciting, and that's one of the things that keeps me getting up every every day is that uh, in, in cheese making. You know, there's so much to learn. There's, it, it, there's never uh, a dull moment. Um, so, And like you said, it, so much of the stuff that there is to learn, it's kind of like being like a, a, a Buddhist monk or something. You just have to sort of be super alert and super vigilant to like, you know, microscopic yeah. changes. So yeah. to, to be able to have um, someone illuminate that and inspire cheesemakers too, yeah. who can be, you know, farmers and cheesemakers can be sort of a stubborn lot. So to get somebody uh-huh. in who's uh, who can make an impact and make a positive change for everybody um, is, is just amazing. And I think it's amazing work that you guys do, that you really make that possible. Um, you're raising the bar for cheese quality in Vermont and across the whole country. It's uh, exercise and consciousness over time. I like the Buddha. Uh, <laughs> just like the Buddha. Well, I hate to say it, but I think we're actually out of time. But I'm hoping that you'll come back and do a follow-up show where we can talk about all of the stuff that we didn't get to discuss today. Um, Absolutely. There's so much to t- there's so much to say. There's yeah no absolutely, and um, I'm looking forward to coming up and visiting the farm soon. Uh, absolutely, and uh, cutting cutting the curds. <laughs> cutting the curds. All right, we'll get you in to do a plug for the radio station one of these days. Next time in New- you're in New York, you got to come to Roberta's. Absolutely, will. All right, thanks, Mateo. Have a great great afternoon, and uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. Thank you, Anne Sackleby.